Say Your Piece was created with women in mind. Women are often unheard or spoken over, but not here. Here, women speak authentically and spiritually about their life experiences, no matter the subject. The pun is intentional. By saying their piece, they find their peace. Thanks so much for being here. My name is Ali Krasner. Let's dive in. So hello and welcome to this episode of Say Your Peace. I'm here with my friend Miranda Lee. How are you today, Miranda? I'm doing great, Allie. How are you? Good. I was a little confused because Miranda told me that she was nine hours behind and it was 9 a.m. <laughs> and I thought it was me, but you're, you're visiting family. Is that right? In, in California? Yep. I'm visiting, Cal- um, visiting family in California. I normally live in, in Connecticut. So yeah, we were already so many hours apart. Now we're even more hours apart. So <laughs> yeah, I'm waking just, up. You're getting ready for bed. <laughs> just thought it, it wasn't far enough, right? So a little bit further. It can't hurt. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. You're hitting up all the sea states, right? California, Connecticut. Exactly. Uh, just making my way around the border. <laughs> next one is Colorado. Maybe I don't know what else begins with C, but yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to to join us on your little vacation type thingy. Of course, I'm so excited to talk about this with you. Yeah, so um, well, let's start at the beginning, I guess, because the whole coaching thing, body image coaching and fitness coaching and nutrition and all that stuff is um, kind of a new venture for you. So can you tell us maybe a little bit about your background and how you sort of came to do this sort of work? Yeah, so um, I did what everyone's told they're supposed to do. I went to college, got good grades. Um, I got my bachelor's degree in kinesiology. So it's, you know, already like the science of the body and and fitness. Um, So I was already in that in that realm. And I was um, I was already on multiple different sport teams working out doing this and that. Um, but at the time I didn't realize that I was struggling really hard with an eating disorder and just, just struggling with perfectionism in general and literally every aspect of my life, whether it be mm. school, physical fitness, you know, health, friendships, relationships. Um, and I also suffered with really bad anxiety, which obviously stemmed from my perfectionism. Sure. Um, so I graduated with my, with my bachelor's and then I was like, well, dang, I don't know what to do next. So I went and I got my master's degree. Um, I got my master's degree in business because I realized that I think the business world is, is more the route that I want to go into versus just the fitness world. Um, so I went to school to get my master's and I absolutely fell in love with business. Um, I got amazing grades. I graduated and then it was like, well, what's next? Um, and yeah, did you have any sort of ideas of what you were going to do with, well, first of all, with the kinesiology and second of all, with the business? Yeah. So when I was going to school for kinesiology, I wanted to do physical therapy. Okay. But when I, when I was doing my internships, I was like, dang, I hate touching people. This is not, <laughs> like, this is not for me. So then when I, when I knew I wanted to go into um, business, I was like, you know what, I'll probably do, um, like sports management because it would be you know kinesiology oh, and business okay but then when I was getting more into business I I fell in love with the sustainability aspect of things so my concentration was actually supply chain so things were kind of you know when I was younger I was like I don't people say they change their degrees all the time like that's not gonna be me like I know what I want but sure, then when sure. you're an adult you're like uh I don't really know what I want 
Um, so then uh, the actual plan um, was for me to graduate with my master's degree and join the Navy as an officer doing supply chain for the Navy. Okay. But I was told toward the end of my schooling that I, I couldn't join the Navy because of my anxiety. So it was like everything that I had planned was, was just crashing before me. And I was like, dang, like this was like my plan. Like my dream since I was little was to join the Navy. Like my whole family's in the Navy. Um, my brother, my sister-in-law, my husband, my dad was in for 32 years. And, you know, I wanted to go in as an officer. So I was super excited. So then when that happened, I was just like, dang, I don't, I don't really know what to do now. Um, but then I, you know, we took Kathy Heller's made to do this course and, um, and then I prayed on it a lot. I'm really, um, you know, connected with my faith. And I realized that, you know, I do have, I did go through all these struggles in the past for a reason. And mm -hmm. I want to use those gifts to, and use those struggles to help others. So that's what got me into the whole health and lifestyle coaching, um, helping people heal the relationship with food and heal the relationship with themselves. But then I started my podcast and my blog, Perfectionist Guide to Imperfection. And I think that's what really resonates with me and with others. It's just, especially as females in this world, we're expected to be perfect in every aspect of our life. And it's just unrealistic and we're not living for ourselves. We're living for other people. That's so true. We're not living for ourselves. We're living for other people. And I'm just curious to know how you sort of found out, I guess, or realized, um, because you said you were living with an eating disorder in college. Uh, and I guess a lot of people who have that, either they don't realize it or they're in denial. Um, how did you sort of come to realize and heal your, your eating disorder and what kind of form did it take? Well, my eating disorder actually started in the fifth grade. Um, mm -hmm. So I struggled with it all the way throughout college. And I think the reason why I didn't really know what I was struggling with is because everything that I was doing, people were celebrating. Society was celebrating. I would lose like 30 pounds in like a couple months span. And people would be like, wow, you look amazing. Like you look so great. Like keep it up, whatever you're doing. So like I associated my value and my self-worth with losing weight. And, you know, as a perfectionist, you do, you do enjoy like the compliments and for people to see you as enough. So I didn't see myself as enough until, you know, I lost all this weight. And even in, um, I used to do competitive fighting and you had to lose a lot of weight um, to, you know, to do the fights and I would lose the weight. And then if I wasn't as small, like my coach would tell me like, you're getting fat, like you need to start losing weight. And so it was just, it was just this constant pressure of, I have to lose weight. And then um, I met my husband and I realized that um, well, first of all, just seeing the way that he eats and lives, I was like, dang, like you don't struggle with your relationship with food at all. Like he could mm -hmm. eat if he was hungry, he could eat something unhealthy and just eat a little bit and be fine. But then he could eat something like he just had such a healthy relationship with food. And I was just in awe. And I finally opened up to him about my struggles. And he was like, like no, like that's not normal. Like that's not okay. Um, so then I started, you know, 
um, you know, talking to therapists about it, reading um, a lot of self-help books and opening up more about it to my friends and family. Um, and you really have to heal your relationship with your with yourself too, because if you're just always looking for, you know, outside accolades and having people, you know, tell you that you look good or that now you're worthy enough, it's never going to be enough. Um, and you just have to, you need to have that relationship with yourself where you know that you're enough no matter what phase in life you are, physically, mentally, you know, career-wise, that there's, you don't have to earn love. Love is something that's given. Yeah, that's so true. Love is something that's given. I'm just curious, what kind of form did the eating disorder take? Were you sort of emotional eating or were you sort of depriving yourself of food just so maybe if somebody listening is doing the same thing, they could sort of recognize themselves in it? So I had binge eating disorder and I also had what's called orthorexia, which basically I was addicted to counting every single calorie. And um, I would work out for like at least four hours a day, every day. Like wow. even on my wedding day, like I got up early and I went and I worked out cause I had to um, like, that's what I like. My bachelorette party was let's go run a race. Like everything was, was centered around working out and eating healthy. I like wouldn't even eat, um, I wouldn't even eat too many carrots because like they had too many carbs and I would track like every single calorie, every single macronutrient. And then it's like, and then if, you know, with that all or nothing mindset, when like I fell off, I would like go into full on binges and then mm. it would lead back to the restricting cycle, literally barely, barely eating um you know and it was something that that was celebrated people were like wow you eat so healthy and then I felt like I couldn't eat what I actually wanted or I couldn't eat something normal in front of people because I was known as a girl like who ate really healthy or who always worked out so it's like I was just working so hard to keep up with like you know this rep or this reputation that I had and this facade that people that people were always you know happy to see and would always tell me compliments about so I, it's it can be hard to notice because of the way that culture and society is now and, and diet culture especially but I think at the end of the day it really comes it has to do with like your motivation behind like why you do what you do mm. and I'm just curious when you did realize kind of what you were doing after speaking to your husband did you get help sort of for your disorder? Did you move through it uh, on your own through reading or how did you sort of move up and out of it? Um, I did a little of each. So I addressed the binge eating disorder first because I actually thought that that was the only thing that was wrong with me. So, you know, I read books, I went to therapy. I, um, I, I did a lot of like just self-reflecting um, and a lot of putting myself in uncomfortable situations and progress isn't always linear so it was definitely an up and down kind of thing but then after a while I was basically recovered from my binge eating disorder but I was still counting calories mm. um, tracking my macros working out every day um, so then that was another thing that I had to and like another obstacle I had to conquer was realizing that life is so much more than this and I think I kind of realized it during COVID when like I we had you know you couldn't go out or anything and I was inside like 
doing these crazy workouts with like no equipment and like I had to and it was like when it comes to COVID your mental health is what comes first who cares like if your physical health isn't at its tip top like your mental health is first so I think that's really when I put my mental health first and then I told myself that I was just going to stop tracking calories for um, a couple months and I just haven't tracked calories since and it's been over a year now. Wow and do you find it hard to maintain this sort of new frame of mind do you find that you backslide sometimes or how is it for you now um it's something that's never going to go away but I like to think of it as it's like you have this box and like the eating disorder and stuff is this ball and you know in the beginning the ball basically filled up the whole box so you know it's something that's always on my mind it's something that's always there but as time goes on like the ball gets smaller and smaller and smaller and I'm at this point where like the ball is pretty small where it's not something that negatively impacts me, but it's still there. And I know it's still there. Um, and, you know, I give myself a lot of grace. So if something negative happens, if I don't handle a food situation the way that I normally would, it's like, it's okay. Just move on. Like this isn't, this isn't what defines me. I, I'm in control of what my next step is. I'm not going to obsess with what my last step was. So, Yeah, I love that. Sort of looking more towards the future instead of regretting the past. Mm-hmm. And so was your transformation into a... Well, you can tell me what kind of coach you are exactly because I'm not sure of the exact words. Um, like sort of a nutrition and fitness coach for women, I guess was quite influenced by your own experience then. Yeah, I feel like in the beginning, I was really like, not, I was like, kind of pushing it aside, like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. But then it's like, I feel like I like I said before, I needed to use my struggles to help others. So they didn't have mm. to go through the same thing. And um, I do these, I do health and life coaching, because I think that it's just, it goes way beyond um, fitness and nutrition, like it has to do with your self-confidence and your self-love and your relationship with yourself. That's where it all stems from. You can't heal your relationship with food if you don't heal your relationship with yourself first. So that's why like, I kind of put it together as health and life coaching, or sometimes I call it health and lifestyle coaching because it is a lifestyle. It's not a little phase. I want to give people the tools to be able to do this after they're done um, working with me, because this should be a lifestyle change. I want people to be able to live their lives and eat the food that they want and love themselves unconditionally. And like, just remember our bodies are the least interesting thing about us. It is the least interesting. We have so much more to offer the world at our funeral. No one's going to say, wow, like Miranda wore a size six pants. Thank goodness. I'm so glad she didn't wear an eight or a 10. Like no one's going to say that. Like no one's going to write on my tombstone how much I weighed. Like no, no one cares about that. I'm going to be remembered for the impact I made for what I did and just who I was as a person, not who I looked physically. And a lot of people like it's like those 10 pounds are holding them back. Like, oh, once I lose 10 pounds, I'll wear this. Or once I lose 10 pounds, um, I'll let this happen. And it's like, first of all, it's a horrible way to live. And if you've seen someone, mm. the difference between like those couple pounds, it's it's not that world of a difference. So why are you letting that hold you back from experiencing this amazing life that we only have once to live? You know, ba- you're just basing it off of your, your body. Like that's ridiculous. We have so much more to offer the world than 
than the temple that we're sitting in. Like this is just a vessel. Our body is just a vessel for everything else we have to offer. It's because it's the only way we can walk the earth is being in this vessel. So why do we obsess, obsess about the vessel instead of what's actually inside of it? I love that. And I think it's such an important reminder because we do kind of think as women that our appearance is sort of the be all end all of who we are and how we're perceived. Um, and especially how things are in the media, on social media, um, society in general. Is there a way that we can kind of refocus our attention away from that? Or how do you avoid kind of getting sucked into that? Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, I remember that people on social media don't even look like the people on social media. Yeah, sure. Like, <laughs> That's true. They don't even look like that. We all have filters or if you're a celebrity there's photoshop and people on the magazines they don't look like that they want their magazine to look the best so they do all this editing to make the person look the best instead of like a real person yeah and then also i know that we like to compare ourselves a lot to celebrities but we have to remember that these celebrities their career and their life is them looking good like they don't have an option but they also have millions of dollars where they can pay a private chef they can pay their own personal trainer. They can pay for the top of the line therapist to make sure their mental health is in check. Mm. Like they can pay for all these things where us as normal people who have like families to raise or jobs to pursue and, you know, a significant other to make sure your relationship's healthy with like, and that's all, you know, we see all these celebrities who their relationships don't even last because, you know, they're so focused on, the physical outside aspect but it's just unfair to compare ourselves who are supposed to make our own meals and are supposed to work out ourselves to these people who pay millions of dollars to make sure they look a certain way and then they still get edited on the cover <laughs> of a magazine so it wasn't even good enough so it's just it's just dumb to compare ourselves to to them who they're still not even good enough and they pay millions of dollars for it yeah, that's true. We kind of compare ourselves to these people with unlimited resources who, as you say, don't even really look like that in real life. Uh, that's true. So what can we do as well, quote unquote, normal people? Um, I know you touched on diet culture just a little bit, and there's so many trends and fad diets that always go around and come around. Mm -hmm. But do you have a sort of, not a diet, obviously, because we're trying to avoid that, but how can we sort of make sure that we do take care of our bodies without kind of obsessing over it. Yeah. So we have to remember that a couple of things. One, the, the fitness industry is based off of men in their cycle. Men have 24 hour cycles. Women, we have 28 day cycles. So where a man can do the same thing every day, they can work out super hard. They can, you know, do this and that. But for women, we have different points um, during our cycle where we're the most creative or we have the most energy and we're the strongest. And then there's other points where we, you know, we, we aren't the strongest. Like I do powerlifting and strongman and I would never schedule a meet on the same week that my period was. Mm. But guys can do it anytime. So we have to stop comparing ourselves to men, first of all, because men have this 24 hour cycle. So we just need to remember that it's unfair to think that we can, you know, be 100% every day um, when we have other things in our body that we need to take care of. 
but that was more of a side note. Anyways, I guess I love main... that though. That's so important because nobody ever talks about that. I mean, you're the first person I've heard like really talk about that, but it's so true that with our hormones and our body chemistry, like we're completely different. So why would we compare ourselves to men? That's important, I think. Yeah. And like I said, it's everything centered around men in their cycle. So women think like that we have to keep up and it's not true. And it's not that they're like up here and we're down here. It's just that uh, like we can give so much more during certain weeks of our cycle where like guys don't get that same rest. You know, they, mm. they have that expectation for every day. We, if we actually get in tune with our body and know these different sides, these different phases that we go through, we can make the most of it and just, and be, you know, just successful, just as successful as men. You know, we make sure that during our most creative, more energetic phase, that's when we're, we're pushing ourselves. That's when we're doing, you know, the hardest work. And then during the, the slower where our body needs to repair and needs that rest that we listen to our body and we, we take that rest that we need. And that's why listening to our body is so important because when I was counting calories and macros, it's so unfair to think that my body needs the same amount of calories every day. Mm. You know, when, when I'm on different levels, different phases of my cycle where, you know, my body's going to need more calories during different phases of my cycle. And also I'm doing different things every day. Some days I might be working out a lot. Some days I might be at home working on my computer. You know, some days it might be sunny outside and I'm walking around and it's like I'm sweating, you know, and, and I, I need more calories. And there's just, it's just unfair to think that I'm going to need the same amount of calories every day. So we just need to learn how to listen to our body because our body will tell us when we're hungry and when we're not hungry but we need to learn how to actually listen that's what they did back in the day they listened to our body when they were hungry they ate when they weren't they didn't yeah and i think that's part of the problem as well well i guess back in the day you know if you're like hunting and gathering food is a little bit scarce but now we can just you know walk into any convenience store and buy a jumbo size whatever <laughs> uh without really much problem and so it's just i don't know about other women but for me it's kind of about accessibility like I don't keep tons of junk food in the house because I know if I do, I'm just going to eat that. Um, so it's, yeah, it's realizing, I guess, kind of what your habits are and what's what's best for you personally. But I love the cycle thing. That's really, really interesting. Um, I'm just curious, like, tell us, like, what, like, when do you rest during your, is it when you have your period and when do you do the most intense work? Is it just before, or just after? Um, I'm still doing more research about that because I'm not a pro at, you know, that part, but I've found it just so interesting because I'm really into like gut health. Mm. Um, and the more I learned about gut health, the more I learned about, you know, women and their cycles. So I've been listening to podcasts about it. There's books about it. Um, but, but so I don't have a direct answer to that because I don't want to just make something up. But <laughs> that's why that's just kind of when I learned to like listen to my listen yeah. to my body. And, you know, I can tell like that after my period that you know, all my energy is back, but like right before and during, um, you know, I do feel a little more sluggish or, you know, I don't have that same energy or I'm, <laughs> I'm just a lot hungrier. And, um, I just learn how to truly listen to my body and, and see what it wants. Cause it's, it's going to tell me. And a lot of people think that if they listen to their body and they listen to their hunger cues, that they're just going to overeat. Mm, um, yeah. 
in the very beginning, yeah, you probably will because you've been depriving yourself for years. So your body's like in fight or flight mode. It's like, oh my gosh, you're finally feeding me. Like, let's go. I don't know when the next time I'm going to eat. So, you know, that's definitely, it's going to, it's going to happen in the beginning. And you're not just going to like wake up one day and be like, I know my body and I know my hunger cues. Like it's, it's definitely a process, but it's so worth it. Cause then you never have to think about, about diet. You never have to think about that. Like even yesterday I went to the County fair and you mm. know how fair foods are. Yeah. And I was really excited. Cause this was the first fair. Cause last year it was closed cause of COVID, but this year was the first, my first year at the fair where I had a, a really healthy relationship with food. And I was like, maybe I can actually like eat something good. Yeah. <laughs> I was really excited, but I went there and so I'm looking around, we we're looking at what to eat like for dinner. And, you know, there's these crazy things like, like, you know, turkey legs or nachos with all this stuff on it, or, you know, deep fried Oreos. And there's just so much. Right. And I'm looking and none of that stuff was really like catching my attention. And all I can think of was like, if I, if I'm going to eat some like fair food, like I'm excited for dessert. So I just listened to my body and I was like, you know what? I'm craving a more nutritious, um, dinner for my meal. Um, none of this other stuff is really calling me. So I actually had, it was like this veggie artichoke burger. So there was like sprouts and avocado and it was so like healthy, but I ate that because I truly wanted to. Mm. And then a couple hours later, when I was ready for dessert, I ate my first funnel cake ever in my life. I've never had one. Wow. I had a funnel cake uh -huh. and it was the most delicious thing I've ever had. Oh it's my amazing. gosh. It was so good. <laughs> and I was guilt-free when I was eating it. And then I listened to my body and I didn't feel like, oh man, I messed up. Let's go eat a bunch of other things. I listened to my body. I went home that night. I didn't feel guilty. And then I wasn't thinking, oh, well, let's just eat other stuff. Like I was actually satisfied and I was content and I didn't feel that guilt. And that was just that was just so amazing is just switching that all or nothing mindset to actually being in tune with your body and listening to what your body craves and what your body wants. My body didn't want the oily fried stuff that was there for the, my meal. It, it actually craved like the nutrients, mm. but then you know what there's, there's body that will feel, fuel you nutritionally. And then there's, there's, I'm um, sorry, there's food that will food your body nutritionally. And then there's food that will fuel your soul. And that funnel cake was fueling my soul. Like I was yes. just so excited to eat it. Like it just, you know, and to live a life where you can't enjoy like those little pleasures, like eating a funnel cake, like I'm 25 and that was my first funnel cake. And I've gone to the fair every single year, like wow. my whole life. And it was just, I was like, wow, was it worth just missing out on this little pleasure of these couple minutes of wow, that was amazing. And then I wasn't like obsessing about it the whole trip. Like I want this, I want this, but I can't have it. I can't have it. Cause the moment you tell yourself you can't have something, it's like, now I really want it. Right. <laughs> so it was just, it's just that mindset, that mind shift and that mindset change that, you know, in any aspect, in any aspect of our life. So whether it's, you know, um, if you don't have the most healthy relationship with food or, you know, it, it could even be, you in your career and you in your in relationships you have to get out of that all or nothing mindset and you have to put yourself in uncomfortable situations like me ordering that funnel cake was definitely an un, it was it was an uncomfortable situation but I knew it's something I had to do 
to help myself grow, especially mentally too. Like one of my biggest things was I would not go out to eat like during the week, like never. So if my friends were going to get together, there was a birthday party I'd say, no, like I only go out to eat like once or twice a week and it would be on the weekend. Um, or I cannot take a rest day on a Monday. Like people, the fitness community says, don't skip a Monday. But what if I'm exhausted? What if my body needs a rest day on a Monday? So I would go out of my comfort zone and purposefully put my rest days on Mondays. Mm. And guess what? The world didn't end. Yeah. I survived. It's not a big deal. The way that, you know, diet culture and just society and all these things, like they make us think like we have to do these things a certain way. Like you have to work out on Mondays and you have to eat this and you can't eat carbs and you shouldn't eat late. You have to eat breakfast. Okay. I don't eat breakfast because I'm not hungry in the morning, but my husband, he can wake up at five o'clock in the morning and eat and eat breakfast because he's hungry and there's no right or wrong. It's what, like what works best for you. He can eat. I wake up in the morning and I'm not hungry. So I eat when I'm hungry, which is a couple hours later he'll eat right away we're all different so for society to give us all these rules that we need to follow like who are they like (laughs) I'm gonna follow my own rules I love that yeah that's so important it seems so obvious just to listen to yourself but I guess most of us don't right we don't really trust ourselves we're sort of waiting for experts to tell us what to do and how to do it and I feel like that's kind of a theme that I've been seeing on the podcast, even in women talking about other subjects, right? (laughs) The way that we're expected to be perfect and we're just waiting for people to tell us how to be. Uh, Whereas we can just kind of go on our own paths, live our own lives. And what about uh, fitness as well? Can we sort of apply a similar principle of do what feels right for you or how do you approach fitness? Yeah, exactly. Find what works for you and what you enjoy. I like I like to lift weights and I like to compete. That's what makes me happy. But I know some people, I have some friends who rather go on hikes with friends and go um, like go hike mountains and go run and train for races. Or like I've been, I've had so many different phases in my fitness life. Like I've ran marathons. I was a boxer, you know, I was a competitive swimmer. I just followed like what I wanted to do and my heart and I feel like we think that oh, society says like we have to lift weights and we have to do cardio and we have to do this. No, do what you enjoy and what you know you're going to keep doing. Because if I tell you to go run five miles every day, you might do it the first couple of days, then you'll probably never do it again. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, just do what you enjoy. There's no right way. Like I always say fitness and nutrition isn't a one size fits all. We're all different. And we have to remember that fitness is a, a celebration of what our body can do, not a punishment for what we ate. Our body wants to wants to get moving, you know? So for one person, it might be doing a Zumba class inside, you know, another person, it might be doing a water aerobics class with all their friends. And, you know, it's a way to be social. Like there's so many different, like there, there's no right way. And I hate when people say, because I remember a couple years ago, I was on, I was, I was really into the bike, um, like the, in the, you know, stationary bike and like doing the oh, bike yeah. classes. Isn't that like a kind of a big trend? Wasn't it like, what was it? Yeah. Cycling or something? Yeah. I heard yeah, about like Peloton. that. Peloton. Yeah. 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 I enjoyed it. Cause I could like be a part of a class, but like inside. And I remember someone told me like the bike doesn't burn enough calories. If you want to burn more calories, you need to go on the elliptical. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just do what I enjoy. It's better than sitting at home, not doing anything. Like people will make comments and we just need to be confident in our own self to just be like, just to, you know, shrug off the things that other people say, because like we like take to heart what other people say to us, but most of the time they don't even know what they're talking about. And, but they're also human, just like us. They say things. I'm sure we all say something dumb. We're like, wow, we shouldn't have said that. (laughs) And then if we knew that people held onto it like that tightly, like I still remember in, in kindergarten, my crush told me that I was fat. And the fact that at the time it was traumatizing, but on the other hand, since when did what a four-year-old say, like have that much weight and power? Like he was four years old, like four-year-olds say the craziest things. Yeah. Like (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh, you know, even when I got older, I still remember it's like, my crush told me I was fat, but he was four years old. Like (laughs) (laughs) who cares? So we have people say things and it's like, we give them so much power to like believe what they say, but like we all say stupid things and we all don't know what we're talking about. So, you know, you just need to be confident in yourself. Like someone might tell you something and it's just like, okay, like you have the power to either accept that criticism if it's going to be helpful to you to help you grow or to not let it be a part of your life. Because if we listen to what every single person told us, like I said in the beginning, we wouldn't be living for ourselves. We'd be living for other people. Exactly. And that's so funny because that reminds me when I belong to a gym, every once in a while, I feel like I would be on the machine and some guy would come up to me and like, tell me I wasn't doing it right or like show me how I should do it or and I just felt so uncomfortable and it would always be men, never women doing that. And like, not that I'd ask them, you know, just kind of unsolicited. And I never really knew how to react. Um, I just felt so uncomfortable and I'm like why are you talking to me uh so I think it's so important to yeah just to kind of be able to brush that off and say you know that's their insecurity and it's not you and you do you um I think that's that's important and unfortunately a lot of women I feel like do kind of avoid gyms for that reason yeah first of all I don't know why guys think that we care about their opinions (laughs) we really don't um and I don't know. I think it's kind of like a power move of, I feel so confident here in the gym. Um, But you just find what works for you. Like if you really do want to work out in the gym and you just feel uncomfortable, first of all, anything's going to feel uncomfortable in the beginning. Like that was one of my biggest things being so uncomfortable or, you know, my husband's in the Navy. So we move around a lot and it would just be like, now I have to start at a new gym. And trust me, I'm really confident when it comes to gyms, but Mm. (laughs) when it's a new one it's just it's just different um and I I would tell myself I said before you make an assumption of whether or not you like this place like give it a couple weeks just give it a couple weeks go in there and then I don't think there's ever been a time where I was like no and then stop going because it's like well once it became somewhat familiar you know it it wasn't that it wasn't that hard but you know I'm already comfortable in the gym so I don't mind going alone but if you don't want to go alone like bring a friend or go when it's not busy. Like don't go the after work rush. Like yeah, <laughs> go earlier, maybe go in the afternoon, you know, or set realistic goals. Like say that you want to go to the gym like once or twice a week. But if you tell yourself, I'm going to go every single day, like you're literally going to dread it. And then you'll probably stop doing it. Yeah. So just set realistic goals. And you know, this is your life. If you don't ever want to step foot in the gym and you rather do things outside or you rather do things, 
you know, in the comfort of your own house, with a little Peloton video on where no one can see you and you want to, you want to bicycle naked, you do what you want. <laughs> this is your life. I love that. Yeah, that's so great. That's true. We don't necessarily have to go to a gym if that doesn't suit us. Well, I'm curious to know what kind of work exactly you do with your clients. Do you give workshops? Do you have one-on-one -on -one coaching? What, what's sort of your process when you work with women? Yeah, so right now I do one-on-one -on -one coaching. Um, I also do group coaching. So I'm in I'm like in the middle of one of my group coachings right now. So then a new one will be starting soon. So these are like for the women who, who prefer to be in that group setting for coaching and kind of don't like the pressure of one-on-one. -on -one. Sure. And, you know, group coaching is obviously a little bit cheaper, but I, like I said, I do one-on-one -on -one coaching as well. And I enjoy one-on-one -on -one coaching because it's, I really get to fit the needs of, you know, that individual. And then I'm also, I'm also putting together um, like workshops and courses for people to be able to do it on their own time. Cause that's my goal. I know a lot of people get nervous about basically that commitment of showing up for someone else. And if I can create a course and, or even workshops where people can do it on their own time and, you know, at their own pace, like that's, that's definitely the goal, but, you know, I don't go into something telling telling my clients like you need to do this this and that like the beginning is like well, what do you do now what's something that we can make one percent better like I remember one of my mm. first clients he ate seven Oreos for dessert every single day I feel oh. like a, a normal personal trainer or a normal coach would be like no more Oreos no dude if you like Oreos eat Oreos but maybe something that we can do to make it one percent better is you know maybe only eat three or five Oreos and then maybe listen to your body before you eat it and see like, am I actually craving this, these Oreos? And then listen, and he actually only ate Oreos. I can't even remember how many, like not even that many times. Cause I told him he was allowed to have it. And, he, and if he wanted it and he listened to his body, he can have it. And he rarely craved them. Mm. So, you know, I want people to do, I want people to enjoy life. I want people to you, you can still eat the food you love and not overexercise and still reach your goals. Like I listen to my body. I eat the foods I love, but I also, my body craves like nutrition. It craves nutritious yeah. foods, but my body also craves, you know, I eat dessert every day. Like my husband doesn't need dessert. That's not his thing. He needs snacks. Like he likes, you know, his chips or his Pringles or whatever, but me, like I need something sweet at the end of every day. Mm. If it's something I want, why would I deprive myself from it? Sure. I can do something to make that dessert healthier. You know, I can find a healthier option, but to take something away, there's no way to live. I don't want people, I want to teach people how to live like their healthiest life. But remember that your best isn't always going to be the same as the best. Your best one day might just be waking up and eating a, a granola bar because that's all you have time for, you know, instead of not eating at all, or instead of going through the drive-through at McDonald's, you know, your best might be going through the drive-through at McDonald's because it's the better option than starving yourself all day. Mm -hmm. But then your best on other days might be getting up early, getting in that workout, eating five healthy meals, you know, like you can't expect every day to be the best. You just have to aim for your best and your best isn't always going to match up with the expectations of the best. I love that. I think that's an awesome way to 
wrap up as well. Um, your best. It's not always the best, right? Every day is different, like we said before. Um, and you've just got to do the best you can for that day. I think that's exactly. Good... And then you won't get disappointed as well. Mm. If we, if we strive for perfection every day, we're going to be disappointed because first of all, perfection isn't even possible. And second of all, even if it is, if we can reach perfection, there's no way we can reach it every day. So then we're just going to yeah. be disappointed and that's not a way to live. Yeah, totally. Awesome. Well, Miranda, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. So many amazing little gems to, to take with us. Uh, where can people connect with you uh, online? Yeah, well, thank you for having me. So you can find me on Instagram at this is Miranda Lee. Um, you can also find my podcast. It's called Empowered. So M-Powered, um, a perfectionist guide to imperfection. I'm on almost all of the podcasting platforms. Um, and then, you know, you can always feel free to email me at this is Miranda Lee at Gmail and all my links and stuff are on my, on my Instagram, um, link tree. Yeah. And Miranda does lots of reels and she's, she's very big and funny and out there. So I'd recommend you go and have a look. It's uh, quite nice, quite nice to watch. Um, well, thanks so much, Miranda. Have a good rest of your vacation, uh, out on the West coast and, um, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks, Allie. Have a great day. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Emerge and Shine Academy. Put yourself out there, move past the fear of public speaking, and have fun doing it. Our monthly membership is three sessions a month and a supportive community of women. Don't dim your light. Embrace your shine. Learn more on Instagram at Emerge and Shine or on Facebook, Emerge and Shine. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of Say Your Peace.